0: Welcome to the Taco Table Podcast. We've saved you a seat and we have so much to talk about today. So sit back and enjoy. In this episode, you'll learn what a Garminism is and you'll hear the first part of our first interview. That interview is with Kevin, my husband. And in our conversation, we talk a little bit about his hobbies, what he likes to do, where he likes to travel. We talk about his job as a hospital pharmacist, about our youngest child leaving for college in the fall, and a little bit about Kevin's time as an assistant scoutmaster. Here we go. I want you to explain what a Garminism is, because you mention it in this episode.
1: Basically, a Garminism is anything goofy that Tim says. Sometimes it's just regular conversation and sometimes it requires translation and it just depends. Like one kind of goofy thing he does is that he uses the words idea and ideal interchangeably. <laughs> you know what? I, I stopped working with him several years ago on that one before we were when we were getting ready to go on vacation, he said, do you think Charleston Heston's parents named him after the city in Charleston? (laughs) One time he asked me what Beef Wellington was. And I said, it's a steak wrapped in a puff pastry. And he said, do some people call that a taco? (laughs) When we were standing in line to vote, he said, let's start a chant. And I said, I ain't acting a fool. And he looked at me and he said, well, you married one.
0: <laughs> I mean, we that know and love Tim take great, uh, we take, we get so much joy out of his garmentisms, to the degree that Chris has started a Garminism Facebook page. Yes. So if you would like to be in the know whenever him says something good or funny or you know anything that qualifies as a garminism you can follow that page
1: sometimes pictures and a lot of times he'll just randomly say take my picture like if he doesn't have a shirt on or he's wearing something <laughs> that he thinks is cute
0: or or if he's in a bathtub drinking a a glass of bourbon in a organ yes yeah so garminism is kind of anything uniquely um Um. explained by tim yes so now you know what a garmentism is hang on to that definition because you'll need it the rest of the episode is our first attempt at an interview we hope you enjoy our conversation Hey, I'm Rachel, and I think tacos are pretty much the universal language.
1: Hey, I'm Chris, and I also like hot dogs.
2: Hey, I'm Kevin, and I'm not sure what I've gotten myself into.
1: Kevin, uh, how excited are you right now?
2: I don't know. It's, it's kind of a mix between excited and nervous queasy a little.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am super excited.
0: For those of you that don't know, Kevin is my husband, You might have heard us talk about him briefly on the introductory episode, and he is also our very first Taco Table interview guest, and Chris and I just could not be more excited.
1: I have lots of COVID questions, lots of drug questions. Well, they
2: always send the expendable ones in first.
0: Yes. So, Kevin, before Chris starts with her questions, maybe why don't you introduce yourself just a little bit.
2: (laughs) Well, my name is Kevin. I'm from Mississippi originally. went to college at Mississippi State and Ole Miss. I've been a pharmacist at a hospital for the last 30 years.
1: 30 years is long time. It is a
2: long time.
1: But there's a retire- there was a retirement in there too, right?
2: There was a retirement or a rollover, more or less. Retired from the state of Alabama, but continued in my same job.
1: But that was totally legal, right? Totally
2: legal. <laughs> okay. And that's all I'm saying about that. <laughs> no, it's, it's actually quite a blessing. My children who are in, col- or in college or about to be in college should feel that blessing. <laughs> there's
1: got to be more to you than that, Kevin. Come on.
2: Uh, Oh, we're kind of slow in the hobbies, but I do like to read. I like movies.
1: And you don't read on paper, you read on the Kindle.
2: I read on a Kindle, so I'm progressive like that. Okay. You can also make the print bigger, and that's been handy, too, in the last few years. Mm -hmm. I like to travel when we have the opportunity. It's probably been mentioned already, but Hawaii was my favorite. Yes. Uh, I like the outside. Probably rather see something pretty outside than see a big city.
1: Yes, I've noticed that about you. Do you like to garden, Kevin?
2: I do at times. I find that I'm very much a fair-weather gardener. I like the when it, when the weather's nice and things mm-hmm. are young and green. Very excited about it all. By the time mid-July comes and everything's looking a little draggy because of the heat and I'm feeling a little draggy because of the heat, I'm much mm-hmm. less enthusiastic.
1: Kevin is also the one in our travel group who is in charge of the flora and fauna on our vacation. He can find a garden or a... What was that one thing in Hawaii? It wasn't lilacs, but it was something. What was that? Um,
2: Oh, the uh, lavender farm.
1: Yes, Kevin found a random lavender farm in Hawaii. It was lovely. It was
2: lovely and the... We only had about 30 minutes to enjoy it before it closed, yeah. but it was still nice.
1: Kevin likes to hike.
2: I must say I probably don't have as much endurance as I should to be a hiker, but that's part of the being outside. Oddly enough, I have a job where I ha- I work in a place with no windows, so that's a that can be a problem at times. You really
1: don't have any windows in your bunker?
2: Oh, none at all. I have to make about four trips outside every day just to see some sunlight.
1: Does that do a number
2: on you? Sometimes it does. And I guess in some ways it's good for concentration, but I really I really do like to have a view or see a little daylight. Sometimes I mean Rachel probably thinks I just sit around a lot on the weekends, but just to sit in the living room and have all the light coming through the windows mm-hmm. is uh, fantastic. Yes.
0: There've been days where like if it was a stormy day or there was snow moving in or something like that that was going to be like a weather issue. And Kevin would come in from work and have no idea that any of that was going on, just because he doesn't ever see outside.
2: Yes, I frequently come in and ask if it's rained.
0: Oh, so
1: if you've worked for 30 years as a pharmacist, how many drug tests have you had to take?
2: Actually, only one,
1: and that was the recent one. Right? That
2: was the recent one. And It was because I accidentally lost, misplaced something, and could not account for it. And
1: you didn't misplace a like a uh, your legal pad. You misplaced some con- a controlled substance.
0: Yes, I think it's amazing that that has not happened more often than it has.
1: For real, thirty years, one time, and that was probably due to COVID. <laughs>
2: it was due to a lot going on all at one time. You should always be focused on what you're doing, even if you think you're really good at it.
0: So, Kevin, explain a little bit the short version of how hospital pharmacy is different than like the CVS on the corner.
2: Well, hospital pharmacy is, you know, obviously taking care of patients in the hospital. The bulk of your interaction is with nurses and doctors instead of the patients themselves. There is a, there is a, a small bit depending on your particular job. Most of our, most of our work is uh, receiving prescriptions electronically from a physician. Uh, If we have questions or issues uh, with the prescription, we will contact the the physician, or the prescriber. And I say that because these days days, there are a lot of physician extenders working in hospitals, and that's nurse practitioners or physicians assistants. It could be any of those interactions with them to uh, talk about the orders, and then nurses' questions about the orders, how to administer the medications. Uh, that type of thing, and there is a bit of patient education, usually close to patient discharge for some particular drugs.
1: Who knows more a physician's assistant or a nurse practitioner?
2: I don't think I could say one knows more than the other. They're both They're both well trained. They come they come in from different angles, I guess you would say. A nurse practitioner has worked as a nurse for several years before they go back and get an advanced degree. And a physician's assistant, I think, is just a straight through degree, but they have clinical uh, rotations along with everything else. But I would say that a nurse might, a nurse practitioner, might have more practical experience at the start.
1: You have a niece who is in pharmacy school right now. What? How have things changed in the last thirty years since you were in pharmacy school? Because I noticed y'all talk shop a lot on friday nights
2: (laughs) probably computers have been the biggest change in that they've allowed us to do a whole lot more work a whole lot more efficiently than we did 30 years ago you know, working in a hospital 30 years ago, uh, actually I was using a computer system. But if you saw the the terminal we were using, it was it uh, looks kind of like a joke. It was one of an IBM terminal, and it measured about 18 inches deep, probably 14 or 15 wide, and it weighed a whole lot. It wasn't like today where we have uh, you know many things running on a computer. It ran one thing, an in-house created uh, medication program. And at that time, just the pharmacists could see it. We use that to keep up with the physician orders to deliver a day supply of medication one day at a time to schedule the uh, sterile intravenous products, like large IV bags and such. But it was basically just uh, for the pharmacist side of things. We updated that system using carbon copies of handwritten orders.
1: Carbon copy, huh?
2: It was a little fancier. There wasn't actual carbon paper. It was like a carbonless carbon, but it was basically a double thick order sheet. And they, after they wrote the orders, they would tear off the back half. And hopefully you would have all the right identification stamped on it and dated and timed appropriately. But the problem back then was if you were missing something, you had to go find the original chart and see if you could match up your little piece of paper. And find out what was missing from it all the electronic orders we have now are a lot a lot more legible obviously (laughs) and a lot easier to uh, handle than all that paper was
1: well they use ipads on gray's anatomy do y'all use ipads
2: (laughs) well you know everything you see there is don't ask him about
0: gray's anatomy you really don't want to know (laughs) anything i I really
2: have trouble watching a lot of medical shows i understand why a lot of them are done to simplify it okay. to make the actor's faces visible, but a lot of it's not very real. Spoiler alert! I'll say if we were going back, you you asked about iPads. Our particular software that we use, there has been some iPad usage with it, but it's not hasn't been very compatible, and it's usually easiest to use a real computer.
1: Tell the people who are dying to know about your new pharmacy and how much it (laughs) cost.
2: Well, I'm lucky that I don't actually know the cost, but it's probably in several million dollars because it was done from scratch. Approximately 4,000 square feet. Uh, we replaced a approximately 35-year-old pharmacy with uh, lots of new things to meet current standards. And we were very lucky. We have ad- very adequate lighting for the fir- one of the first times in my career. But no windows. Well, we didn't really have windows before either. <laughs> Basically, all new shelving, all new workstations, new rooms to prepare sterile products in that are all have our very sophisticated... Uh, heating and cooling systems and the pressures temperatures and humidities are constantly monitored and adjusted either electronically or by people if needed
1: what are those adjusted for whatever you're concocting
2: there are standards written for these rooms that require certain pressures like your pressures relative like a room must be positive pressure or a room must be negative pressure in relation to the rooms around it it basically helps keep uh particles out in some cases that might carry contamination into the rooms Uh, or in the case of a negative pressure room it's sucking uh, everything out of the room to a vent on the roof Uh, help keep the uh, people making the hazardous products safe.
1: Now that's really real.
2: That's real. There is a vent in my pharmacy that goes about 60 feet down a hall up five stories of a building and across to the highest point of the roof. Before it's filtered and released. Hmm. Part of why it was so expensive.
1: And was the COVID what took so long for it to be completed?
2: Uh, No, there was a, uh, I guess, an issue during the construction. And uh, some of the uh, ceiling duct work was damaged and had to be replaced. Some moisture damaged or potentially damaged some other components. We had to stop and reorder all the parts and then put it all back in.
1: You can't even have a pharmacy.
2: You can't have anything nice these days.
1: Mm -hmm. I hate it when that happens. Well, now that that's over with, what do you like about your job and what do you not like about your job? Other than the people. (laughs) Other than the crazy people.
2: I I never mentioned anything about crazy people.
1: (laughs) No, absolutely
2: not. I like my job because it's it's never the same day to day. My, in my role, I tend to be the problem solver. So I kind of watch over things, look for issues as things pop up day to day. I help figure out how to best and most efficiently solve. Also making sure that everyone is trained adequately, that we're following all of the state laws, state and federal laws, and that we keep track of the goodies. What do I not like about my job? Well, I mean, after 30 years, there's a lot of things I've done before, and a few of them are old, right? Uh, and they do get old, and the yes. same, having the same, well, I'll say that you generally have problems in whatever job you're in, and a lot of times your problems can't be a, completely erased, and you have to deal with the same, similar situation over and over, but I guess yeah. the good thing about that is we tend to periodically get new technology that makes changes and gives us new different problems to deal with instead of the same old problem.
1: (laughs) But you've been virtually at the same hospital your whole career, right?
2: Uh, Yes, I've been at multiple places in the same hospital.
1: So you don't really know. I mean, they say cutting edge of medicine, but you you don't have anything to compare it to. You don't know if it's antiquated or it really is.
2: Well, I mean, I believe that it is. I mean, we're ranked one of the top hospitals in the country. uh, And I would say we're one of the top hospitals in Alabama. I mean, size alone is generally some kind of indication. The only reason you have hospitals that large are you a full array of all the special it being an academic uh center there's always research uh going on Uh, i mean the physician you see working with you in a unit one week might be the next week you know spending time on research projects to advance medicine
1: right how many transplants does the hospital do the mothership do a week a month a year
2: I do not know those numbers. Uh, we probably are one of the top kidney transplant centers in the country. The other specialties, I am not sure.
1: Rachel, you've been awfully quiet.
0: Well, I'm just I'm just listening.
2: Well, she's heard some of this. Yes, she has.
0: <laughs> Hearing him talk about it doesn't leave much question about or mystery about who ha- who kind of has which role at home. Like I'm, you know, I was an English major and Kevin's very math and science oriented and <laughs> I am not.
2: But can you tell that I'm the one that cleans the house? That's the big question.
0: No,
1: I wouldn't know that, but I do know that.
0: Can you tell that he's very, very funny?
1: No, not yet.
0: He was <laughs> very funny. One of the reasons I fell in love with him was that he was funny. <laughs>
1: I know we're interviewing Kevin here, but I'll just tell y'all a little funny Garminism for the day. And this was a Chris Garminism. We're going to have the very little amount of grass replaced in our front yard. And there was a guy that came over, Jonathan, that came over this morning and gave us quotes. And Jonathan was real cute. And so when Tim and I were going back to work, Tim was in his vehicle and I was in mine, and I called Tim and I said, Jonathan, the yard boy's real cute. (laughs) He said, should I be worried? And I was like, no, no, you're fine.
2: Well, is he going to tend your new grass?
1: (laughs) Yes, he is. (laughs) And then into the fall. Does Reigns fall on the funny side? Who does she fall more on the side of, Kevin or Rachel?
2: I would say me. I agree with that. I think that Reigns and I are more one-liners, fast comeback, and Grant and Rachel are more story. Right. Although Grant has uh, picked uh, picked his game up quite a bit in the last couple of years in the fast, snappy comebacks.
0: Reigns is... N- naturally funny and her timing is I mean you can't teach the timing. No you can't. And from the time she was little bitty the things that she would say were funny but the timing of what when she would say them was hilarious.
1: Okay so tell the story about the night that Y'all were at a Mexican restaurant.
0: Long before Friday Night Mexican, we ate Mexican food at least once a week and sometimes more. And we have a Mexican place that's, you know, three minutes from our house. It's not the one we go to now. And the kids loved Mexican food. So anytime that we needed something quick, we would go do that. And when my parents came to town, which was a lot more often in earlier years than it is now. We would run up and get Mexican. And one night we went up there. My parents were here. I can't remember if Suzanne was here or not, my sister and her family or not. But the kids just, I mean, and we've never been one that like, you go to the Mexican place and have chicken fingers. I mean, if we went out to eat, you ordered something off the menu. Right. We didn't do a lot of children's meals and that kind of thing. Rains is probably three and she loves steak. So she likes, you know, when we order fajitas, she likes the steak. And and very often I would order either steak tacos or steak fajitas and a margarita. And so one night, you know, the guy comes over to take our order and she just looks at him in total, totally serious and says, I'll have a taco and a margarita. And the whole table, you know, just dies laughing because she she doesn't even know what it is. She's just listening to what I've ordered. She's
1: just ordered what you've ordered. She's not ordering it to be
2: funny at that point. No,
0: because she was way too young.
1: That sounds good. I'll have what you're having. Right, right.
2: (laughs) I think she noticed we enjoyed them.
1: Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. How difficult is it going to be for you, Kevin, when she goes to college?
2: Well, I mean, right now I can still form words, but I'm sure that will be harder the closer it comes to time for her to leave. Uh, It's going to be very different. I mean, in a way, we're being weaned off of her by her senior year. Right. Because she is gone a fair bit in the evenings, and sometimes I only see her a few minutes a day. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, we
0: still have a few months to go, but... I really expected it to be harder for Grant to leave because she has always been so much more mature and more independent and knowing what she wants. I don't know. I don't know if it's because it's the youngest or if it's just because of of her personality. But I think Kevin and I are both struggling with the idea that she really is going to leave, and and that's that's strange because at the same time we're so excited for her. And excited to find out what she's going to, you know, decide to do for a career. And I think she's going to love Mississippi State, and I think she's going to thrive there. But it's a strange kind of feeling to be that excited and also a little bit sad or a lot sad. At the same time.
2: Now, did you say you were more, you thought it was harder for Grant to leave or harder on us for Grant to leave?
0: I thought it was going to be harder for Grant to leave. And I, I, mean, d- I think that it's going to turn out that Rain's leaving is more is more difficult for the two of us.
2: Oh, I'll say it certainly wasn't hard for Grant. It was kind of like the Roadrunner.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: he was gone.
0: He <laughs> gone. Well, almost. As soon as he was gone, he was back um, because of COVID. And while, you know, I'm sorry that his year got cut short, I do feel grateful for the extra time that he was here because we really didn't expect that.
1: When she gets to Mississippi State, how many people will be there on campus that either have gone to Dawson or have gone to Vestavia or that she knows from Birmingham?
0: Many. I, I think maybe 12-ish, maybe, maybe 12 to 15. Um, I know, so there's the twins, and then there were a couple people last year that are between Grant's grade and her grade that are there. I mean, I know of at least five or six. Not all of them are Dawson kids. Um, I think there's one other Dawson kid. Two Dawson but her roommate is from Vestavia, and I know of at least two other girls that she knows from school that are going. And I feel like there's somebody from Homewood that she knows that's going.
1: And we affectionately refer to her roommate as Makeup Madeline.
0: Correct. Name is Madeline. Right, and she came and helped Raines do her makeup for homecoming when she was a junior.
1: Okay, Kevin, you're kind of an Eagle Scout.
2: Well, I'm not an Eagle Scout. I just have an Eagle Scout. <laughs> I'm Eagle Scout at Jason.
1: <laughs> yes. How, how difficult was that Eagle Scout badge?
2: Um, It takes quite a few years. I mean, I was a, a assistant scoutmaster for several years accidentally. <laughs> uh, basically, when the people around you who you thought were going to lead get promoted uh-huh. and leave a gap, somebody has to show up. So uh, two or three of us dads showed up and went through the training and signed off a lot of... <sighs> rank and badge requirements over the years Um, now
1: have you showed Rachel the secret handshake
2: oh no well the secret is there is no hand well there is a handshake actually but it's not really a secret okay it's just a left hand shake and I've uh, honestly forgotten the uh, significance of that (laughs) It it leaves you quickly when you're not doing it all the time yeah use it or lose it I think the biggest part of an Eagle Scout is keeping a boy focused on it for the period of time needed to finish all the requirements, especially if your child is into sports or anything else. And as they get older, what they say in scouting is you try to get them finished before they smell perfume and gasoline.
1: That's interesting. I hadn't heard that one, but that's very interesting.
2: Well, there are a lot of a lot of scouts that t- tend to vanish around Partway through ninth grade, and then they show up somewhere in their junior year determined to finish what they started. Now, there are parents that uh, don't let their children get a driver's license until they eagle. I've known a few of those. That's definitely a motivation. That
1: is a motivation. So-
2: To
0: hear the rest of our conversation with Kevin, you'll just have to wait till next time. Going forward, we want you to know that our episodes will drop on Fridays sometime before we leave for Friday Night Mexican. You can subscribe to the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and you can find us on Instagram at Table Online. See you next time.